The CEO of six successful companies, Dr. B shares how First Lady Barbara Bush personally swooped in and saved him from becoming a statistic after knocking up his girlfriend in ninth grade. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. Controlling your time is the highest dividend money pays. Morgan Housel. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. So glad to have you here. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and a bunch of really cool people that are looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's the do zone. Dot com. Today's guest is Dr. Brian Howley. He is a serial entrepreneur, a CEO of six companies, a yoga instructor, and a Reiki master, an author, and a public speaker. And you know what? He's just all around a good guy. Brian, welcome to the D-Zone. Say what's up to the DZ tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, all right. A question right off the bat. All right. This is like Alex Trebek. Hold on here. What was that most people wouldn't think? You know, I'm sure people I'm going to put a little twist on it. If that's OK. It's not that they haven't thought of it, It's what most don't do. It's called grit. Grit mm. is the definition of having faith manifested. You got to have faith that it's going to come to you. You got to have faith. So grit is doing the actions inside of faith. Most people don't do that. They say, oh, it's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to work. But, you know, the thing that I've seen, Josh, is most people's dreams are, are big because we all say, oh, dream big, dream big. But their grit does not match their dreams. Their grit is still small. Their dreams are big, so they get small, small results. That's what I see most people that I coach and I lecture to doing. Grit is the action of having faith manifested. Yeah, Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And, and you're, and you're right to, uh, to most people about getting stuff done. Uh, sometimes you, you've just got to roll up your sleeves and go and get your hands dirty. And I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to, I don't know how to fix this car, but you know what? I can turn this wrench and I can start taking some stuff apart and eventually I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, right. This is called the do zone, not the wish zone. So <laughs> this is not the faith zone. This You're is right. The zone. We're going to get stuff done. That's right. And, and speaking of getting stuff done, um, you, you are a walking example of getting stuff done because you did not have the world's best start. Uh, take us back. <laughs> there was a, there was a moment, a, you're a budding teenager and life's going kind of okay. And then shit hits the fan. What happens? I was, <laughs> well, I'm in my mid fifties. So that's a long, a budding time ago. I have to go back to, but I can, mm -hmm. I can remember it's getting a little bit great, a little foggier as I get older. No, it was, uh, I was that guy in school, Josh, that I had friends in the clicky friends on the athletic team, friends in the thuggy team. I was that guy that everybody knew. 
And I was, uh, you know, Holly is always there. And what happened is I met this girl in the eighth grade. She thought my name was Bruce because I was known back then as Bruce Leaks. I was always, I've been in martial arts since I was 10. And everyone called me Bruce. I even had a hat named Bruce. So she wanted to date Bruce. And we started dating in the ninth grade. I met her in the eighth. We started dating in the ninth. And then lo and behold, something happened. It was a Friday night. It wasn't my fault, of course, but we ended, up, we ended up getting her pregnant. And my dad is old school, born in 33, police sergeant said, well, you got her pregnant. Now you need to go to work. So I quit high school and I went to digging ditches in uh, Texas. We were down in Texas. I was putting a pickaxe back then, digging in irrigation dick, ditches for the people in their lawns. And then I went on to doing um selling cemetery plots arlington memorial cemetery i was going door to door knocking on doors trying to sell cemetery plots that's a tough freaking job no, no wait a minute okay so uh choosing between the two digging ditches or selling cemetery plots which is basically kind of a glorified ditch digging job if you really i would i should have stayed with digging ditches i gotta be honest with you it was a lot easier yeah <laughs> hard on like, the back but i could handle it back I'm, then I'm just trying to figure out what kind of objections you overcome when you're knocking on doors saying you're going to die soon. You should probably have a place to put your carcass. Would you like one? And then they're like, no, I'm never going to die. Like <laughs> I'm in the real. No, I opened up say, Hey, I'm in the real estate business. I have a really good plot of land. I'd love to talk to you about. I would open up <laughs> that everyone's going to need a plot you, of my land. You can make this your forever home. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but, but it was a dead business, but, hey. but no, it, it uh, so then I, then I started doing sales with the Kirby vacuum cleaners going in vacuum and carb. Let me do a demo, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, looking back now, it's, I can see the whole picture of how it was painted. It was building me up to learn sales, to learn rejection, to learn, to get a tough skin. So I started when we were 12, we were two kids living in a 12 by 60 mobile home. And I a lot of, some of your viewers may have heard my story, but we lived in a mobile home in a trailer park. My family was poor and we were on food stamps. So a great night for us was ramen soup. That was a mm. great night. If mm. we really wanted to, like an anniversary, that's when we had hamburger helper, the stroganoff with some canned green beans. That was like our anniversary. Guy, face guy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so that was it for us. We were, we were two kids trying to survive. We we're on welfare. We were starving, but, um, you know, serendipitous, uh, fate stepped in and Mr. And Mrs. George Bush, Barbara, she stepped in, got a hold of us and said, I want to sponsor your GED. And out of the billion people, she picked me. So I met with Barbara so and why we did, talked. Why did she pick you though? Um, I have no idea. It was just, you know, it's not one of those things when you're talking with the president lady where you say, hey, Barb, pull up a chair. I got a question for you. I did not do that. Now I'm cocky enough. I probably would. Why me? Of all <laughs> yeah. people. OK, so Barbara Bush, the, the, the first lady. Yeah. Reaches out to you directly and says, I want to I want to turn your life around. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a letter from her. It was like her assistant. Then we then I accepted. Then we met and she got my GED. And then she said, well, what do you want to do? She goes, you want to go into a trade? Now, because I want to get you where we can do something. This is a program that we're doing. And you're one of the probably 40 people that we're doing. So I did the original do zone ambassador right there, Barbara. Absolutely. So I said, okay, let's go into healthcare. Cause I've done the construction, done the ditch thing. I've done the sales. 
let's go into healthcare. People are, you know, there's always something there. Plus, I loved being a kid, a high school dropout. I loved the respect that the healthcare, it was like a persona that I wanted. So that's what we did. So I became a nurse assistant. She paid for it. American Red Cross got through it, made the cover of a national nursing magazine. Um, back then, you know, dudes didn't really go into nursing, but I wanted to use it as a footstool. So I got into hospitals. They started furthering my education if I stayed with them for longer. So I went on to physical therapy and all that. And then I said, you know what, I, Josh, I kid you not. I, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday, Saturday, I'm in there working, um, helping a person with physical therapy on a total knee replacement. And I remember seeing one of the doctors come in with scrubs on and the nurses dropped, they, they waited on him hand and foot. They loved him. And they, I mean, he was like floating down the halls. And I said, I want to be that guy. <laughs> I want that. So that's what I went for. I sunk my teeth into it. Couldn't get accepted in any college because you know, I'm a high school GED thing. So I had to go three years to a junior college. Bar Barbara can help you with that. You no, know, Barbara, no, Barbara was done now. Yeah. She she's done. like, I already did my, yeah, I did my move. I'm good. You're on your own. Yeah. yeah. New, new president came in. So yeah. you're the, you're old news now. So, so I went three years to a junior college and then had to retake all the courses again at the senior college because med schools wouldn't accept junior college. So I had to do that. So it took me twice as long, but I kept at it. Grit, faith manifested. So I just kept at it. And what happened was I got accepted. I got accepted. I had three daughters, kids, wow. and I got accepted to New York, Chicago, and Des Moines. Well, with three daughters, I did not want to go to the big city. So we went to Des Moines. I went to the osteopathic school. Started about a year and a half in. I became class president, um, doing all this stuff, meeting people. And I said, you know what? I really want to learn about the manipulation process. I, I love the natural part of it. And then I got burnt out at the same time working ER and doing things because of, I'm not going to blame it on it, but I just got tired of all the drugs. Not me taking, but it was like a condition. Here's a drug. Here's a condition. Here's a drug. Here's a condition. Here's a drug. Now we don't have a condition, but we got five drugs. Here's a, here's a, here's a drug for the drugs. You know, it became polypharmacopoeia. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, so, it, we could probably have an entire series just on just, that, just on that, and just how kind of it's 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 capitalism run amok, basically. Um, it, it is. And, you know, when I first we got, to, we don't have to get too political about it, but but there's there's a business lesson to learn here because a lot of times what we're doing as entrepreneurs, as business owners is we're looking for that pill or that quick fix. It's going to solve the problem, but that's not the solution to the problem. The solution to the problem is five layers deep and you have to take the time and dig in. You have to find it. And then nine times out of 10, the solution to the problem is not the pill. It's a lifestyle change. It is. It is. And a lot of times we look on the outside for the solution where the solution is really on the inside. So tell me, I, more, tell me more about that. And especially your perspective as a, as a doctor and a physician. Yeah. Tell me more about what you just said. I learned that when I left medical school and went to chiropractic school, because the philosophy for the chiropractic school was above, down, inside, out, audio, A-D-I-O, above, down, inside, out, that things happen from the universe. We're all connected. It goes from above, down to us. Then from the inside out is how health begins you know i've seen a lot of weird shit uh am i allowed to say shit on here that's okay 
Okay, thank you. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of weird shit in 22 years of dealing with patients and traveling countries that people that shouldn't be healed get healed. People that get better shouldn't be dying. I've seen it go both ways. Hmm. So there's something inside it. And what I've found out is like, I love Bruce Lipton's biology of belief that we're not predetermined by our genes. We can turn things on and off based on our thoughts and our environment and our actions to them. I've seen so many people turn their health around by getting right with themselves, getting right with their diet, getting right with their stresses, getting in a different environment and doing things that have meaning. It's like the same thing whenever you work all day or work for 40 years, you get a gold watch, you retire, and then you die a week later. You have no purpose. I've seen people with heart that are on their deathbeds discover a purpose, turn their life around. So there's something about the inside. And Wayne Dyer, my early mentor who got me into the self-help, he, uh, and I met him. He was at the college. Uh, he came and spoke. He said, you know, it's like looking outside, you lose your car keys and you go outside under the streetlight because there's light there. So you're looking for your car keys. Your buddy comes up and says, hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking for my car keys. Well, where'd you lose them last? Oh, inside by the table. Well, why are you looking outside? Well, because there's light out here and it's dark inside the house. <laughs> Same thing. Media shines the light on the drugs. Media shines the light on do this one method and you'll get all the clients you need. That's the light. But the real thing is inside you that needs to come from out. People are always looking outside when their things are inside. That's what I mean by that. So, so I mean, there's there's so many examples of that. And uh, I can I can give you one really quick. I, I, I met a, a lady uh, recently and we were sitting down and having a conversation and I was talking about some of my health and fitness goals. And, you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't having a drink right then because I was trying to stay within my macros and all this stuff. And uh, she was significantly overweight and said, oh, yeah, you know, I've been having some problems with that. I think probably I just I need to start taking some of those pills and, you know, I really just got to figure out the blah, 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 you know, and I didn't say anything, you know, and eventually she looked at me and she said, what do you think about that? I'm like, you really want to know? <laughs> I mean, Pandora. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you if you're if you're asking me, I was going to keep my mouth shut, you know, and and basically what I told her was like the pill is is going to solve a surface level problem. But the real problem is you don't move enough and you eat too much. Yeah. If you change that, if you move more and you eat less, you will lose weight and you will create the body that you want. It may not happen tomorrow, but it's going to take effort and you're going to want to quit because you've got all these biological defense mechanisms trying to keep you fat. Right. So as long as you know what you want to do and you know what you need to do, then you're going to be successful. And the same thing that we can transfer right back over into business you know, man, I can't, I don't have enough leads. Uh, how many, how many damn leads have you called? You know, uh, I don't have enough income. I don't have enough money to hire an employee. Well, do you have enough money to not hire an employee? Do you have enough time to not have to hire an employee? You know, can, can we get to the the real actual problem here that you're facing and let's make that lifestyle, that business style change so that you can actually be effective and productive and successful instead of just sitting around trying to find that pill or going go into the light when you know that the keys are inside absolutely and too many people they want that in, you know we're a society now we're trained for instantaneous gratification and that doesn't happen in business and in health 
And that's the problem that I see in a lot of the people that I coach now I work with. They're like, you want me to, you want me to post on this for like a month and then start posting on this and then start doing it. All right. So yeah, but what, what can I do right now? It's going to give me like a hundred clients uh, next week. So I, I, I want to go get this new Lambo. I, I can make the payment if I get a hundred clients next week. So you got to retract And a lot of this stuff. They don't understand grit, faith manifested. You got to do this and you got to put your time in. You got to be willing to fail. You got to be willing to stumble, get some skin knees. A lot of them don't see that now. And I think for you and I that see it, that have walked it and lived it, it's almost, if we're going to be helping them, we got to, we, it's our duty to share that with them and walk them through that. I, I think we're starting to see some of that in the groups that you and I are in. They're starting to come around with it, but it's still going to take a while because we're still used to instant gratification. And Brian, there are so many, so many different avenues that we can go down here, but, but I think what we need to do is we need to, we need to bust out a chainsaw. We're going to, we're going to saw open your skull and we're going to break open the brain. We're going to see what's going on. We're going to do the do zone diagnostic. You ready? Hit me. I'm trying to just be as gruesome and gory as I possibly can. Let's do it. I've seen a lot of stuff. Come on, bring it, baby. Bring it. (laughs) Right. Because you're a doctor, we're talking about the bones. All right. Number one, what's the one thing you do? that keeps you focused on your goals? A daily routine. Whether I have a good day, a bad day, early night, late night, I still get up at the same time and I still follow my daily routine. Yeah, well said. I totally agree. And number two, how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Well, you know, the trick is now is to get back to what's kept me when I was succeeding and I was in, I'm not, do want to play on words, but when I was in the zone, hey, when I was in that zone, um, figure out what it was. And normally I get out of the zone when I get off of my routine. Hmm. My routine keeps me solid. And speaking of keeping you solid, who is your support group and how do they keep you accountable? My wife, you met her uh, last month. She holds my butt to the fire. If I say I'm going to do something, you know. That she's, she's like the, um, well, hell, I've known her, what, since the eighth grade? Good gosh, that's a long time. Long you know, time. we've been married going on 40 years. So she holds me accountable. Um, so that's one. But the other one is me, the man in the mirror. I've learned a long time ago that I have to slay my dragons every day. I have to slay them. And that dragon is, forgive my, it's the bitch voice. You, you know what? You've, you've achieved this. Take today off. Go fish it. You've done this. You know, so I got a, I got a tattoo of a dragon to remind me every day I got to slay the dragon and, and go on with my mission. Again, five daily tasks. And how do you approach a difficult project that you're not quite sure how to complete? Great question. Ran across many of those. Um, my thing is I surround myself with people that are smarter than me all the time. So if it's not in my wheelhouse where I can go through it, I delegate it to somebody else or I pass it on to somebody else, but I learn how to do it. So the next time it comes up, I can handle it. Nice. And last question, what's the number one pro tip that you could give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? You know, I lived on passive income, three quarters of a million dollars a year for about six years, just bass fishing and working out, sleeping in until nine, but I never got stuff done. Hmm. 
It wasn't until I went to bed early and I got went to bed early and I got up early. I could get things done. So my pro tip, you got seven days a week. The universe doesn't know if it's Sunday or Tuesday or Wednesday. It's seven days. Sun comes up. Get the calendar out. I don't care if it's Sunday. I still get up at 530. I, I, I haven't used an alarm now in almost 12 years. I still get up between 530 and quarter to six every morning. That's my pro tip that's keeping me going. If I have nothing to do, I still get up and do it. I keep that routine. I'm a big routine guy. And, you know, you said something to me earlier. I, I want to get into a little bit more about what you do. But before we do that, uh, you said something earlier that, that I think really resonated with me personally and probably would, would hit our audience different if we talk a little more about it. You were talking about slaying your dragons. Yep. And I think that means different things to different people. Uh, I think we all have dragons and, and a lot of times our dragons slay us. And so when you were saying, I got to slay my dragons for, first of all, what are your dragons? And second of all, how do you consistently slay them in, in such a way that they do not overrun your life? I've learned to, first of all, identify when it's the dragon that's talking. And we're saying metaphorically, obviously here. Mm -hmm. um people call it the bitch voice some call it the angel versus the devil you know some call it the force of average i just call it the dragons i've been doing it for years because i believe i was the you know i love the knight's mentality so i'm always slaying dragons first of all recognizing that it's there and appreciating it we have, all have a dark side a shadow side learn from that embrace it that's part of us it's a yin and yang okay so learn from that but there's a time to use it and there's a time not to 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 let it rear its head the time that I slam is in the mornings when I'm first getting up. I input positive things in me, input things that I'm going to be doing. I also say a prayer every morning, um, and I'll share that with you, you know, a little bit about it if you if you want later. But that is part of what I call slaying the dragons. My dragons that I still battle with is if something happens, I still revert back to that child that dropped out of high school, the not good enough syndrome. Not so I got teased for being dumb. Um, never going to make it. You know, I was, the, I was the least likely to succeed, to be honest with you. I made them look good. So that is the drag whenever something happens. I also have it whenever I, I, I type and I write how I speak, if that makes any sense to you. So a lot of times if I'm in a hurry, I'll just type something out. And you always get that one person out there that has, that's living in his mom's basement eating pizza pockets, nothing better to do. Say, oh, you, you did a run on sentence. Well, shit. You know, that also brings up a little back childhood thing. Oh, see, you're dumb, you know. Those are the drag. I constantly slay those. And what I do now, I do a lot of things called tapping, where I can bring the, the power back up or I'll snap like Ed Milet does to reinforce who I am. I'm not that person anymore. And yep. there's yep. an African... Can you, can you share, uh, to the point, I mean, this is an audio podcast, but, but, but can you share, a, uh, uh, some a quick thing on, on how, we, yeah. how somebody might be able to apply tapping, like where, Absolutely. what are, what is, what is an instance where you might use it and what can you actually do to address it? Real quick. I'll walk it through in 60 seconds. Um, you sit in a chair, feet flat on the floor, three deep breaths, calm yourself, palms facing the ceiling. Shut your eyes and envision your ideal you in the future standing right in front of you. What, and you imagine them facing away from you. 
So what, you, what you're looking at is their shoes, their pants, how they're holding their posture, their smell, if it's cologne or perfume, their hair, what they look like, tan, how fit are they? How confident are they? The ideal version of what you want to be and what you should be and what you could be standing in front of you. And when you got that vision right in front of you so strong, you're starting to feel it in the, the pit of your gut. Then you stand up out of the chair and you step literally into their shoes, your mm -hmm. shoes, the future shoes. And when you get there, you're, you'll feel like a tingly, like an electric on you. It's like, man, this is it. And when you get that, immediately you got to anchor that feeling. So you tap on your forearm, you tap on your chest, something to anchor that metaphorically into the physical. Then what happens is once you do that a couple of times, you could be sitting at a red light about to go into a meeting and you're getting nervous. All you got to do is tap in that same spot and those feelings will reemerge of that power person that you are becoming. That's why people snap their fingers or they have the wristbands or the rubber bands and they'll pop it to bring them to those things. That's a little exercise that I've been doing for years. And I do that before I get on. A lot of people say, are you having a heart attack? No, I'm just tapping on my chest. Man. Like, you know, before I get on stage. And so, so the, the act of anchoring it physically is what yeah. helps your brain reassociate with that exercise that you did one time. Absolutely. And you could do that a few times, you know, okay. because there's a lot of times before you get on a podcast, if you're really nervous or you get on that phone call, if you have done this work and you, you tap in that spot, you bring that right back because you anchored it in the reality. That's fascinating. Uh, and I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking notes here. I'm going to do that as soon as this podcast is over. I, I, I contemplated just doing it while you were explaining it actually. <laughs> so that's great. Normally I walk the audiences through. It's like a three minute, four minute, man, probably about a five minute exercise. But that's what we walk through. And you just want the really conducive atmosphere because our brain, our brain does not know what reality is and what's made up. So we give it that image of who we are and who we want to be. And if you do it long enough, then, then you will become that. You know, Ed Milet says his greatest fear when he dies is he's going to meet the mirror image of himself of what he should have been. And he did not live up to that. Basically, I'm doing the same thing. I'm putting that mirror image of myself of what I could be standing in front of me. Then I literally stand up and step in my shoes. And when I do that, you can feel your skin, your hair stand up. That's when you tap, when you get that moment and you become that person. Wow. You've alluded to it a few times, uh, but I know that you do some coaching. Uh, you run some, uh, you run several businesses. Uh, who do you ultimately serve? And tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. You know, I, again, when I was when I was living on passive income, like I said, there's only so much bass fishing or working out you could do. Then it's like, man, there's got to be more in me. And again, I fall back to Wayne Dyer that says, don't let your music die in you. So I told him, oh, I got to do more. So I wanted to get back on the road, started doing shows again, started doing things. I felt a calling to kind of get the message out and to help people discover what they can do that, you know, rags to riches. You can do that and then stop trading time for money, start compounding that compound your skills to earn money sell your knowledge to make money do pillow profits you know set up things online reach masses so that's what i train people now so my thing now is i want to help that mom or that per dad that got laid off from covid that's like man what can i do now well here's what you can do you can do this look at what your skill sets are let's compound those and see how we can market those online to get an audience here's how you get an audience I love seeing a person hit their six figures versus me making a million dollars. 
I get more excited when someone says, man, I just passed six figures. Oh my gosh. I'm like the dad in the soccer stand on that one. That's what gets me going now. That's who I want to help. I want to help the able become more able. And, uh, who, who would be, okay, so there's that kind of mom that got, or dad that got laid off from COVID, but is, is this for somebody who is just starting out and, and trying to start their own business, or is it for somebody that maybe is a little more established and they're looking to grow every, everybody in between, or tell me a little bit more about who, who that person, ideal person is. Yes. <laughs> the answer, the, the, All the those answer. people. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, what happens if there's that one person that dropped out of high school that didn't meet Barbara Bush, they had a lot of potential, and I could provide that spark to get them going, even though they don't have a quarter of a million dollar business. What about that person that has a quarter of a million dollar business, but their overhead is 240000 so they're only profiting 10000 but they have a great message they got to get to the world. What if I could help them get to a million? So the answer is yes, hmm. if that makes sense. I think there's places for both of them. Now, do I want to work with a person that's an energy vampire that's just going to suck the life out of you? Don't do what you say. You know, say, hey, I want you to write five things that you want to do. What's the top 10 people you want to work with? You know, here's the thing. I want you to post here, 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 and here. Get back with me next week for a half hour call. Let me know you did it. And if we do that three, four times and they don't do it, I, no, I only got so much bandwidth. There's so many people out there that that's why I said the able to become more able. That's right. And where can somebody go to engage with you and learn more about you? It's really complicated. It's my name, <laughs> brianholly.com. <laughs> Excellent. brianholly.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N-H-A-W-L-E-Y. Yes, sir. Holly.com. Cool. Yeah. Well, man, uh, always a pleasure to sit down and talk to you. Uh, we could probably have, we could fill six more episodes with <laughs> the conversation that we would have, sir. Oh, yeah. Really appreciate that. Any any kind of parting thoughts? This is a podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to 10x their productivity and get more stuff done in less time. You mentioned earlier about grit being kind of the manifestation of faith, but is there any kind of just parting shots of wisdom that you can share with this audience before we wrap up? Yeah, a couple of things. If you got a big dream, your your grind and your grit has to measure up to that big dream, or you'll not get it. Number one. Number two, surround yourself that will inspire with people that will inspire you and motivate you and lift you up because you're going to have like a sine wave, the ups and downs. You want to surround yourself with high achievers or people achieving higher than you. Number three, if you have a dream to do it, don't share your big dream with a small mind. They'll kill it every time. I believe that the universe gives us the dream because we have the tools and capabilities to make it manifest, not the other person. Otherwise, hell, they would have got it. And then once you do get that dream, it's your duty, your honor to act upon it. And if you don't, the universe will give it to another person that will take up that flame and carry it. How many times have you had an idea and you don't do it? A month later, someone else is doing it. You're saying, that's my idea. Happens all the time. If the dream is given to you, that's for a reason. You get the download, you take that freaking ball and you run it into the end zone. That's what winners do. They want the ball every freaking time. That's right. Well said. And I really appreciate that. We're going to wrap up from here. Thanks so much to our guest, Brian Holly, Dr. Brian Holly, uh, for joining us and sharing some of the wisdom on how he gets stuff done and his rags to riches story. 
uh, for more information on Brian, if you want to engage with him, if his message hasn't resonated with you, I encourage you to visit his website at brianholly.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name. Until next time, remember, we have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time.